BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome new listeners to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I have been doing this podcast since April of 2013, and I have always been a podcast fanatic. I love listening to podcasts. I love hearing people talk about their lives. And the reason I started this podcast was at the time I was on a TV show called Chelsea Lately, where I was appearing nightly, making jokes about celebrities. And then people could also see me on Drunk History, where I was getting wasted talking about history. And nobody really seemed to know who I was. Did they think people thought I was drunk like that all the time? Or they thought, oh, Jen only cares about Lindsay Lohan. And I felt like, you know what? I really want people to know who I am. And unfortunately, when I was on the road a lot, people would be at my shows screaming out, let's get drunk or whatever. And I thought, oh, they don't really know me. I'm not that fun. And so as a joke, I said, I'm going to do a podcast called I Seem Fun, meaning, but I'm not. And then I called it the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast because it was supposed to be a once a week and it still is solo podcast where I talk about what went on with me during the week, whether it's serious or silly you know, kind of curmudgeon complaining, whether it's something going on in the world, something political. I've cried on this podcast. I've taken you guys deep into my life, breakups and get-back-togethers and family stuff. It's just like your friend talking to you who's rude and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. And it's off the top of my head every week. I prepare briefly the topics I want to talk about, but that's it. It's just a fun free-for-all where you can just see the real me. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Google Play. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll give you a review from the Onion AV Club. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Cockman. See, I can't even advertise my own fucking show. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action lawsuit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. That is from the Onion AV Club. So if you're curious, well, I guess you can start with this episode and go through the backlog. If you want to stay, here comes the podcast. You're about to get on the ride. I see I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 242. I'm cranky. I waited until the last second to record this, and I don't feel like it. Well, it's my last second, Sunday. Oh, no, because I don't know. This comes out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. If the world's ended, you're like, wait, she recorded this at the last second? Like, we're on a bunker. Where's she? It's my last second of free time, Sunday afternoon, July 15th, everybody. Oh, just cranky. Just PMS. I'm sorry for new listeners like, hey, talking day about PMS day and the women. 
oh, it's just fucking straight up hormonal. Like when you guys are angry at bars, that's what I (laughs) compare it to. It's like, I take a stereotype of a man. I'm like, to understand this stereotype of a woman, let me stereotype you. You know how you're at a bar and you're homophobic and angry about it, and then you're drunk. And you punch someone. That's what PMS is like, except the homophobia part. <sighs> I mean, unless I guess a homophobic has PMS. Then I suppose she would be extra gay-hating during that time. Okay, anyway, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just cranky. I'm in New York. It's humid today. I'm pissed off. My neck hurts. But I got a lot of funny stories. So I've been doing a thing. Oh, they're hilarious. Um, I've been doing a thing where, by the way, I haven't even introduced the show, but I've been doing a thing where I don't wear my headphones. Uh, If I'm walking, that's okay. Because I think that's, it always improves my mood if I'm taking a long walk, walk in the city streets, walk in a work 20 minutes, get my headphones on. The sidewalk is my runway. You just, you know, But on subways and stuff, I keep them off and I'm just stay open to the world. I mean, I never had headphones on to block out sound. And that was an interesting conversation I was actually having with my friend who was like, I can recommend really good noise canceling headphones. It's like, I really don't like noise canceling headphones. I do not like the sensation of hearing nothing around me. And I was like, I wonder if that's instinctive to being a woman. Like that doesn't feel safe to me. And also just, I really don't like that disconnected feeling, but I will have headphones on in order to entertain myself to listen to a podcast or something, but I can still hear everything going on around me. But the headphones, sometimes I'll just have them in my earbuds in, even if I'm not listening to anything, it's just a sign to like, nobody talk to me. Not that anybody, by the way, in New York is like jonesing to talk to strangers. That's what I've always appreciated about New York, except it's happened. So I've decided I'm not going to wear headphones. Um, I'm just going to be open. It's sort of a spiritual experience just for me in all areas of life. Just stay open to anything. So I can read a book on the subway, but I'm trying not to like return emails. It's just like read a book or read out of my Kindle. Um, but I don't want to be one of the people that looks like they're staring at their phone. So like I won't read, even if it's like reading off my Kindle, I won't read it off my phone. It's like iPad only. So it looks like, you know, that I'm reading a book or an actual book. Um, or magazine, because I really don't feel like carrying around a heavy book. And you know, I only read heavy books, people. Um, and this guy talked to me out of the blue, this young gay kid that was like talking about my necklace. And, and then this woman who tried to, uh, get me to go to her church. It was a whole thing. I mean, it was like two different days, two different subways. And I was like, why? Like I'm a magnet. So I'm like, well, this is what being opens about. I don't like it. But, you know, you figure you you close yourself off to beautiful and terrible when you keep your headphones on. And I'm assuming that the, the beautiful will balance out. More beautiful things will start happening, less weirdos. Um, but I'll tell you all about those uh, later. Fun stuff. Um, but I will just say, go to iTunes right now. If you are a fan of the show and you've never bothered to give it a review, this is your duty. You know, as uh, one of my favorite uh, political figures, uh, Shirley Chisholm said, uh, service and charity are the rent you pay for being on earth. So that's the rent you pay for listening to IC Fun. Go to iTunes, give it five stars, subscribe. A lot of people have been bothering me and saying, it has to be on Stitcher or I can't listen. Guys, I don't control where this goes. I don't have any tech savvy. I can ask my producer people, but I'm telling you, I used to be on Stitcher 
and they used to take money from ads and not give it to the artists. So if you're listening to Stitcher and they have advertising, I don't see any of that money and they're just putting up my content for free. So I think it might be different now, but it's a whole thing and I have to ask people about it. But please don't threaten to not listen to the podcast anymore because it's not on the exact platform you want it on. Like, I don't know, I'm an iTunes girl. Like, I guess people don't like iTunes. I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's plenty of places. You can listen on SoundCloud, Libsyn, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. I mean, I don't, I don't want to tell you. It is where it is for right now. How's that sound? How's that? Uh, go to at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter. Send me a hello. Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Send an email. You get any questions, you get any follow-up, you relate to something. I seem fun at gmail.com. I love the listener email. It's such a huge part of the show. And I am, again, part of the All Things Comedy Network. And this episode is sponsored by Suave Talkspace and RX Bar. We'll talk about our great sponsors later. And no, they do not. They do not have to pay more to be sponsors on the weeks that have PMS. They just get that extra edge for free. So uh, before I tell you my stories, this woman was, uh, okay. So I read that letter last week about the quote millennial at work, but the woman had read about the kid who printed something out and put it on her chair. You can go back to last week's episode and listen. So this woman or man, I don't know which, uh, wrote in, uh, Steven, he said I could say his name. He had a nervous breakdown to the listener that wrote that email. He lost his mind listening to it. So his reaction was funny and I will read it to you. Um, Hi, Jen. I was just listening to the July 4th episode of your podcast, Do You Have a Thimble, when I got to the story about the paralegal. I'm a 24-year-old who works at a social science research company in Maryland, and I spent about the same amount of time at my job as he has at the law firm. I've had a little trouble transitioning to the new environment, and I was prepared for a few jabs at the kinds of mistakes I've also made, stuff I might still be a little bit sore about. Plus, I never hear stories about older millennials getting mad at younger millennials, so I was curious about what the lawyer had to say. And holy shit, I was in actual pain listening to that story. Stunned silence. Anyone looking at me probably thought that I saw a ghost or that my soul was leaving my body. I was vicariously embarrassed for the 24-year-old, for the lawyer, for her boss, for every other 24-year-old looking for a job at that firm or any other firms they work with. I know I have my own anxiety issues, and I'm not always kind to myself after I make mistakes, but how do you not feel some shame after doing that? How do you find the confidence to tell an experienced woman in a high-stress field that her request probably wasn't important? It flays the mind. But at the same time, this story made me hopeful. After I graduated, my original grad school plans fell apart, and finding this new job was a long, relative to my experience, and stressful process. I became really self-critical out of fear that this might fall apart as well. I try to finish my assignments as quickly as possible. I triple check all of my work for errors. I don't take as many breaks as I should. And I get breaks. What's that, honey? In my day. I'm just kidding. And I get really antsy if I don't have stuff to do. You need to start smoking. Then you can just take breaks all the time. This is advice from the 70s. It makes me feel like if I'm not working, then someone will realize I'm a redundancy and I'll get laid off. I'm working on these issues in therapy, but the thought still bothers me. To hear this story and to know that it didn't end with, so I fired this fucker into oblivion, lets me know that there is often more room for error than I allow myself to have. 
So thanks for sharing that unexpectedly uplifting story. You are one of my favorite comedians out right now, and I never pass up an opportunity to tell my friends about your work. I like the podcast because even when you're not telling a joke, your energetic storytelling is compelling all on its own. Thanks for not just seeming, but being fun. Well, thank you, Stephen. And yes, please tell your friends that as far as this podcast goes, there ain't ever going to be jokes. So get into the energy. Um, well, I don't know if you have any friends in Brooklyn, Stephen, but I will be at the um, Union Hall on August 20th, and I will be performing, and there'll be some executives there from a place where I might do a comedy special with, and they're just going to come and see what's up, because uh, I'm taking my next special slow, because I might want to do a different thing with it this time, but on August 20th, it's uh, there's only 25 tickets left. It only seats about 100, 110 anyway, so, but I'm doing an hour of, it's the hour is new in the sense that it's all stuff I've done. If you've seen me in New York over the past two years, you've probably seen some of this material, but I'm putting it all together. Um, and then I have shows July 22nd and 29th where I'm just babbling off the top of my head new stuff. But those shows um, are sold out, but they will have tickets at the door the night of. They might have about 10 available. So if you want to line up at Union Hall on the 22nd or 29th, the show's at 730, uh, take your chance because also those sold out like well in advance, months in advance, <laughs> no big deal. And so sometimes people flake, you know, um, but also, uh, Stephen, if you have friends in Los Angeles, you can tell them that I am at lab test. I've got two shows, one in September, one in October. Those are on sale now. Go to jenkirkman.com, click tour dates. Those shows are super fun, new stuff as always. Um, seats only about 55, real intimate and fun. And then in uh, Burlington, Vermont, I'll be doing five shows at the Vermont Comedy Club, October 11th through 13th. So come out for that. And um, that's it. I'm trying, I'll probably do a pop-in to San Francisco and Sacramento <gasps> later this year. So uh, that's going to be in October. So everybody just keep your eyes peeled. Um, again, not on tour just cause it's really close by going to pop up, take your money and leave. Uh, and that will be that. Okay. But I'll, I'll let you know, but you can join my email blast. If you go to jenkirkman.com and click tour dates, that's where you can sign up. Anyway, well, I was laughing because now we just say millennials for everything. I actually don't know. Like if you're 24 years old right now, Okay then are you a millennial? Because is this just this giant generation? Is it just this like, cause I know that like the kids in high school right now are Gen Z, but was there anything besides Gen X and millennials where there was like, because you would think, okay, if you got conceived or were born around the millennial, the millennia, like a 2000, then you'd be 18 right now. So, but I can't believe there's been millennials for so long is my point. Like, wouldn't they be okay? No, I get it. If if you were born between the early 80s to the mid-90s, you're a millennial. Oh, they would be the first graduating class of 2000. They weren't born into... Okay. So we're on into a new generation right now. So whoever's in their 20s, they're not millennials. They're, millennials are done. Like, millennials are older now. So I don't know what... What do we call people... What generation... Okay, hang on. What generation is someone who is... What generation is someone who is 24? <laughs> Good question. Gen Z. Okay. Gen Z is the demographic cohort following Generation Y. Oh, okay. So Generation Y is millennials or the millennial generation. Other names suggested for the cohort include Generation I, digital natives, plurals, 
What is the age range of Generation Z? Gen Z consumers range from ages 2 to 19. Though the Even more challenging is the next generation on the rise, Generation Z. If marketers thought they threw out the playbook with millennials, they need to know that Gen Zs aren't even playing on the same field. What are the characteristics of Generation Z? I don't even care anymore. I'm starting to zone out because it just sounds like out of touch people wrote this. I'm like, how do you know that's the infographics of them? Um, I don't even care. I don't even care. All I know is when you get to be in your forties, people in your, you start to look at people in their twenties differently. And you're like, Oh, they think this is the first time this has happened in history because it's happening to them for the first time. And it's, I guess it's weird because I did that for sure. But I didn't have a computer. Like, I had no proof. (laughs) I mean, I guess I had documentaries about the 60s, so I was aware that I wasn't the first person to protest. But um, what we had been taught was that the hippies became baby boomers, and they were hateable because they, like, sold out. You know? Um, So I have this joke in my act where I talk about, like, you know... So, by the way, for people who don't think right now that, like, you know, all this, like all this Russia stuff, (laughs) um, you know, where the indictments are coming in about, you know, the first, the first set of indictments were the Russian hackers. Now the next set of indictments was about the hacking, but it was about the government level in Russia, the Kremlin involved in it, right. Ordering it, conspiring against the United States. And the next set of indictments is going to be the American co-conspirators. And so what I'm, what I'm begging you people to understand is that this is a giant, many-tier, many-year production by the Kremlin, okay? It's an interactive theater experience. And the left and the right were infiltrated, okay? And it was played on your emotions. Now, the people who said stuff like, Hillary didn't inspire me. Well, you might be someone whose emotions get played on a little more easier, if you need to be inspired instead of just like, here's the facts. This is what she stands for. If I vote for that, I'll pretty much get that. Like there's not an emotional experience. It doesn't, you don't deserve it to be an emotional experience. Like that's not part of our inalienable rights, unalienable rights. So whatever. I'm emotional about enough things. I don't need to get fucking worked up about politics. So my point is for any Remember, I read those articles, please don't vote third party. You don't, you can't imagine how bad it's going to be, this and that. Well, none of you listen. I need to do a third-party thing, and I hope you feel good. I really hope you do. But I hope people aren't naive because I'm already seeing it happen again. Blue wave, 2018. There's no blue wave. Okay, do you understand this? They already know. They're 5,000 steps ahead of us. And once again, the left is being infiltrated, and we got we got Bernie coming back with all the, Just please, guys... You don't have to go as far as to be like, Bernie's a Russian agent, but you need to go so far as to go. He's swept up in his own ego and his people are swept up in the propaganda that's aimed at them. That's all you need to know. It's a toxic combination. He is not the savior. And although healthcare is great and so is a lot of uh, social socialist-based structures and things that work in tandem with capitalism and democracy and we can do this and help others. We can't do it unless we have a functioning democracy. Like it's like someone with a gunshot wound going to the emergency room. And the nurse is like, let me talk to them about if they're taking a multivitamin daily. It's like, we don't have time for that right now. Like, yes, that is like once just, okay. 
We are trying to get him impeached via uh, a Congress that takes these Russian interference accusations, uh, not accusations, in facts, okay, seriously. Nothing to do with the fucking election. I don't care Hillary won, didn't win, turned into a goat. I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about currently we have a president that is doing whatever Putin wants, right? Break, trying to break up NATO, the EU, leaving the Paris Accord. It's insanity, okay? Putin's getting everything he wants. And it's going to keep going that way until you see, like, reporters being killed, which they are. They're being shot by citizens because they're being riled up by the president who calls them fake news and they're the death of this. And da, da, da. Okay, it's happening. It's happening before our eyes. So if you don't think they've already got their hand in the next election, and I don't mean screwing up voting machines, but propagandizing the parts of towns uh, where... Democrats have to win in small margins. All the places that you people voted third party, your Michigans, your this, that, it's happening again. So what I'm just saying, please be, just use your own filters and just know, okay. Anyway, my point is, during the election, I have a lot of young people telling me that I'm Generation X and it's my fault that everything is so bad because we we were the slacker generation and we weren't fixing anything. And it made me laugh because I was like, no, 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 no. We were called slackers in a mean way by the baby boomers because we didn't worship money, but we weren't slacking. We weren't lazy. Like we were grungy clothes to be like, fuck you establishment. But we were fighting for pro-choice and all the same. It was the same shit, different day. Um, so, uh, I was, this old clip was brought to my attention and it was making me laugh. I was like, I promise we were doing all the things you want us to do, but we just can't prove it because we didn't have Instagram. Um, hang on one second. Uh, talking in the park. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> there was this, uh, when Kurt Cobain killed himself, Courtney Love read his note and talked to the kids that were standing in the park outside her house. And she went to this vigil and she sat with these girls and she was just like in her little pigtails in her nightgown, like smoking and talking about how much Rush Limbaugh and all these people hated Kurt Cobain. So I'm just laughing because if you millennials blame us Gen Xers, here's what us Gen Xers were saying about the baby boomers. <laughs> saying all the same shit never changes same shit different day you're the one who's new here okay so enjoy that um oh god am i still talking i mean i'm serious people how do you listen to this podcast i know how you listen you listen because we have great fucking sponsors is that why people it's like the super bowl you're just here for the ads um, and I'm so happy our sponsor RX bar is back because I 
am all up in it with my RX bars. Okay. I've dropped a few pounds. I was eating a lot of pizza last year. And this year I'm like, no. And I always have one in my bag. So whenever I walk by that pizza place, I'm like, nope. Now they're not a weight loss product. They're just protein bars with simple, real ingredients. But it's a lot better if I put one of those up in my gullet than this piece of pizza that I really want to eat. And then when you're full, you're like, oh, I didn't even need that pizza. I just needed the RX bar. I think they're great. Now, here it is. RX bar is a whole food protein bar. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means, people. Um, Hang on one sec, folks. Hang on one sec. Oh, they're going to be like, is this really the ad? Is this really the ad? Because I lost, <sighs> I lost the thing. I lost the, uh, I lost the note about what I'm supposed to say. Here it is. Okay. For 25% off of your first order, visit rxbar.com slash I fun and enter promo code I fun at checkout. So you're going to do what I do. You're going to order these in bulk like me, and you're just going to have them. You're going to have them in your house. You're going to throw them in your bag. You're going to keep some at your office. You're going to keep some in your locker at the gym. I'm telling you, it is great. Now, it's a whole food protein bar. They're made with 100% whole ingredients. They want to be transparent and upfront with their customers, which is why the label has the core ingredients, which is always egg whites, dates, and nuts on the front of the package, and the ingredients that make up texture and taste are on the back. 100% real cacao, coconut, etc. Beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, our X-Bar actually tastes delicious. They found that creating a bar made from real whole food ingredients actually tastes better, and it really does. Like I've tried the other ones, and I can taste the fillers and the additives and the chemicals and the added sugar, and our X-Bar doesn't have any of that. They started in 2013 because they were like, mm, these protein bars aren't there, aren't cutting it. They're all full of artificial ingredients, fillers, preservatives, and just general BS. So real food ingredients actually taste good. And I'm telling you, you can actually taste the, the real fruit, the spices, like the sea salt, whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit, there's an RX bar for you. There's 11 different flavors and varieties. They're gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. No added sugar, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, egg whites for protein, dates are in it to bind, nuts are for texture. Again, 25% off your first order. Go to rxbar.com slash fun. That's rxbar.com slash fun and enter fun at checkout to get 25% off of your first order. That is 25% off of your first order. I have a feeling I accidentally said $25 off of your first order. I don't think I did, but in case I did, it's not $25. It's 25% off of your first order. rxbar.com slash fun and enter promo code ICMFUN at checkout. Okay, so here's what happened. So I'm on the subway and you know I don't have my uh, headphones. And I'm standing there and I have my hand on the bar. And this is something that unself-aware people do. They will put their hand up high on the pole when they don't need to, they just need to hold it right in front of themselves because then when someone else comes in, they have to put their hand up high on the pole. That, so that's where I was, but my hand was like extra high because this guy in front of me wouldn't move his hand down and it was very annoying. And I was like, how does he not see that he's causing me extra trouble by having to hold this so high? And like my body was off balance. So this other dude 
who had to deal with my hand kind of in his face, kept kind of looking at me and, and, uh, and it, I knew it was like a young gay dude. So I knew he wasn't checking me out and it wasn't like, a, Oh, I think I know her comedy. It was just like, I felt like he was annoyed with my hand in his face. So I said, sorry, my hand's there. I just don't know where else to put it. Kind of looking at the other guy, like, can you fucking move your hand down? And this kid goes, no, no, I'm looking at your necklace. So I was wearing my necklace that says over 40. Now, what, not the ones that used to be available at Bobble Bar, but the original prototype that I made myself. Well, I didn't make it myself, but when I went on one of those websites where you can buy a nameplate necklace and you spell out your name, I spelled out over 40, and that's how it all began. So, oh my God, I'm actually eating an RX bar. I'm not even kidding. I had one in my bag because I'm recording this not at my apartment. But I'm at the little like women's office space, the wing that I joined. And I take these with me. Okay, anyway, sorry. Well, I don't have to eat on the podcast. But it would have been good if I at least ate during the ad. But I didn't think of it, even though it was sitting right in front of me. Oh, Chad. Anyway. So he goes, does that necklace say over 40? And he really did talk this way. I go, yeah. He goes, that's hilarious. And then he turns around. And then he turns back around like 10 seconds later, goes, wait, are you actually over 40? I said, yes, I'm about to be 44. He goes, oh my God. And it's like the most, I know that you're like, Jen, you're taking this bougie, cunty problem. Like, oh no, I'm Jen Kirkman. I look younger than my age and everyone bothers me about it. It's like, look, I'm relatively vain. I suppose I'm in entertainment. I get my picture taken a lot. I'm on TV. I go get seen by people who judge you at auditions and in meetings. Like, yeah, I want to look good. I spend lots of money on skincare products. I get fancy facials. I get facial facials. I get, um, dermatology stuff done, like scars zapped or like an age spot removed in my face. So it's like, it's not that I'm trying to look younger. So it says I'm trying to look smooth and good, you know? So I don't mind if, I quote, look my age. Although, yeah, like I would like to, how I look now, like I'm not interested in the aging process. Like I'm not excited about it. I'm not one of those people that's like every line in your face tells a story. I'm like, uh, it also sometimes just, I'm not, I'm, I'm like fine with it. And also not like, I'm just like how everyone is. Like sometimes I'm just like, Oh God. And sometimes I'm like, who cares? You know, but overall I don't think it's better Like, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so glad people think I'm in my twenties. Again, like I don't want people to think I'm in my twenties because I'm a totally different person than I was in my twenties. It literally doesn't even feel like it's me. Like it doesn't even feel like I have any of the same cells left. And I don't, I think there's a thing where it's like, you don't actually, I don't, whatever. I literally don't want people to think I'm in my twenties. I don't think it's cooler to be in your twenties or more fun. I like, so that's why I wear the necklace and I but it's just a tedious conversation that, that I have way too often than I would like. And young people, you always have the same reaction. That's so good. It's like, I don't want to be your fucking age. Like I was your age. Now I'm this age. Do I want to look 70? No. And I probably won't when I'm 70, but right now I'm in that sweet spot where I actually like my age. And I don't think people in their forties, like what, who are you looking at? Like, can you name the people in their forties that look so horrible that I look like some fucking, uh, I don't know what to you people like, yeah, I get it. I don't look like the 40 year old woman who never wore sunscreen and smoked all her life and drank a lot and has 10 kids, but who does, I mean, that's a, you know what I mean? It's also genetics. It's also not, it's also like 
I put filters on my pictures that you see, like I'm wearing makeup. I, you know, but yeah, like I guess I have a younger face, but it's also like a lifestyle thing. Like I don't smoke. I don't drink a lot. I don't do drugs. I don't party all night. I'm obsessive about sleep. I eat really well. I do all kinds of hocus pocus, like sweat saunas and get a B12 shot. And like, I'm a fucking diva. You know what I mean? Like I take care of myself like I'm a car that's going to be raced. And so I suppose it shows up in my skin. Like, I don't know, but it's certainly, I'm not doing it for the goal of people thinking I'm in my twenties. Like that's the least. And it's always, Oh, so he's like, I'm serious right now. You could tell people that you're 29 and I am dead ass serious. They would believe you. I go, I know, but I don't want to. That's why I wear necklaces is over 40. He's like, well, you're a badass bitch. <laughs> I mean, he was cracking me up and I was like, thanks. I mean, I really do enjoy his affected ways and I wish everyone was like him. And he goes, is this my, this is my stop. He goes, I don't know who you are or what you do for a living, but you should be famous. And then he just flies off and I'm like, yeah, well, uh, actually I'm the most depressing career that you could be that you could hear that from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be famous like on paper, like technically someone with two Netflix specials and touring and is on TV and is recognized and has a worldwide fan base. Like technically you would think that person's famous. I'm still not famous. I mean, I should be, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like sometimes the concept of what famous is and, and what it is to me like fame for fame's sake, like the way that like Dana Bonnie, Danny Bonaduce's famous, but he probably like has no money and things aren't going well. Like I don't want that. But my version of famous, where it means like you're making corporations money hand over fist, and so you're set for life financially, and you can call the shots in your career, and everyone loves what you do. And when you tweet, you have a show; it sells out in five minutes, and you don't have to like keep making Instagram videos. Like to me, that's famous. Now, maybe people think much less is famous, much less, you know what I mean? Um, but I was like kind of depressing because it's like just another reminder that like, oh yeah, like my worst fears are real. I'm not famous. I'm not that I need to be. I don't want paparazzi in my bushes, but like I'm not well known enough to like do whatever I want. Um, you know, uh, and I'm a certain age that is old enough that people are horrified at the idea that you would look that age and they're congratulating you that you don't. Cause yep, that's a bad age. That's an old age, Ugh. you know? And I'm just so tired of it. I'm just so tired of like people not realizing that they're subtly confirming like an older woman's worst fears. Like just stop that bullshit. Like just rid yourself of that. And like, literally I'm not kidding. Like Google pictures of 45 year old women and just look at what they look like and stop the nonsense. Um, okay. So then I'm getting off the subway to go to the Apple store because my phone keeps freezing and I have all the updates and I have all the whatever. Um, I was getting a massage at the airport a couple of weeks ago and I was paying for it. And, uh, I was like slapping my phone cause it was frozen again. And the guy was like, you don't have to hit your phone to get it to work. I'm like, no, I'm just being silly because I'm mad at it because I'm like, it freezes every hour now. He's like, oh, that's just because you don't have up. That's because you have updates you didn't do. I'm like, no, I don't. I go, what did you base that on? You just assumed. He's like, yeah. Like, but I hate the way people talk. Just like, oh, that's because, no, you're not right. Like, you're literally not right. And I go, well, it's not that. Like, I have all my updates. Well, just some of the apps. No, it's not. It's not. Stop it. It's not my fault. Like, it's the fucking phone. Like, it's an eight and it's time to go. Like, 
it's what it is. Like this happens every year and a half. My phone just starts freezing. I go to the store. They check the software. They check the hardware. They convince me that nothing's wrong with it. They reboot it from the beginning. I have to install everything over. And then it starts doing it in three hours. I'm like, please, everybody stop. But like, I literally, like I got this massage at the airport and then I was so tense while I was paying for it because he kept like mansplaining a phone to me. And I was like, okay, so then, so I'm bringing my phone to the iPhone store in Brooklyn and this girl's helping me and she fucking convinces me. I'm like, I have Apple care. I'll get a new phone for 99 bucks. I don't fucking care. It's not time to upgrade yet. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Just give me a new phone. She's like, no, no, no. Just reinstall. I'm like, do you understand that it's easier for me to give you the $99? But she doesn't because she's 12 and she doesn't understand that like sometimes an older woman is $99 and it's just like, give me the, please. I don't want to have to reboot from the beginning. Just let's transfer everything over. So, but whatever. I'm like, fine, we'll uninstall everything and reinstall it. So I'm there for like an hour. And this other girl that works there comes over and she, and I, she was kind of just hovering and staring at me. And I'm like, Hey, uh, um, well, she wasn't staring at me, but she was kind of near me. Uh, but she was doing something. And I was like, I know you're not the person I was assigned to talk to, but can I ask you something? Cause I was trying to figure something out. She's like, I'd love to help Jen Kirkman. And I'm like, thanks. And I, I thought she was just reading my name over the, on my phone. Cause I legit never get recognized. And I was like, Oh, do you know my work? And she's like, yeah, I'm like a big fan. I don't know if she listens to this podcast. Most people who are big fans don't. <laughs> she goes, and I go, Oh, that's nice. She goes, how I go, no one ever recognized me. She goes, how are people not just like recognizing you all over the place? I'm like, well, I'm not famous. And she was like, no, I'm like, literally that guy on the subway thing just happened. And then she's like, you, you bring your own products into Apple. Like, how are you not being followed around? I'm like, because to you I'm famous, but I'm not actually famous. And she just couldn't, she was like, whoa. And then I think she was starting to understand by the end of our transaction. She was just like, okay, bye loser. But anyway, that's like, that's like the perfect encapsulation of what it's like to be me for two hours walking around without my headphones on is, um, is just schizophrenic levels of, uh, people not knowing my work and people knowing it. That's great. Good story, Jen. Corporate whore, blah, blah, blah. She can't pay $99 for a phone. I can't believe it. Hillary made all the phones when it go away. Okay. When I am stressed out like this, I'm like, thank God I have therapy. And when I'm, you know, when I'm not in town in LA, I do phone sessions with my therapist. And, And although I do not use Talkspace myself, and they are the only sponsor I have where I do not use the product. I am very well acquainted with it. I know people in my life who do talk space. I asked them to please advertise on this podcast because I think it's so important to take care of your mental health. And it is to me the most genius use of the internet. And I think it's just such a wonderful thing that we have. And I know that for some people getting started in therapy is a really hard thing to do. So I want you to go to talkspace.com slash Jen and just peruse the website just while I'm talking. T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E.com slash J-E-N. And hey, if you you sign up, use code Jen to get $45 off of your first month. So, you know, I know that people want to go to therapy, but they're embarrassed. They don't want to sit face to face with someone. Maybe they work in an office and, you know, a lot of therapists only work nine to five Monday through Friday. I don't get it. Why do they think that's a convenient time for others? If I were a therapist, I'd work like six to midnight. I don't know. But, uh, you know, 
you get an hour lunch break. So like your session is 50 minutes to an hour. So, but what about your commute? And what, you know, people know, well, where's she going every Tuesday at things? She goes at the same time, you know, or you, it's too expensive. I mean, a lot of insurance doesn't cover it. A lot of people don't have insurance. There's all kinds of reasons to not get started. And I think it just doesn't seem private enough, but that's why I love Talkspace, the online therapy therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. All you need is either your phone or your computer. You can get something off your chest, send your therapist a message, which is crazy awesome. We don't get to do that normally. Therapy can be as easy as getting something off your chest. You can talk about the everyday challenges at work or at home, chat about life, but there's no commutes, no leaving the office and no judgments. Therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It can also be practical everyday strategies for stress management and a happier life. But if you did want to get into venting your childhood memories, this is a safe and private way to do it as well. The Talkspace platform has over 2000 licensed therapists. They are experienced in addressing the challenges that we all face, and you get to match with your perfect therapist. It is a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Talkspace.com slash Jen. Use code Jen at checkout. Get $45 off of your first month. Um, but yeah, Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. And I'm still using my suave, everybody. If you can't feel good, you can look good. If you're not happy inside, what if your hair was amazing? I mean, let's just start there, right? I don't know about you guys, but uh, <sighs> I do stupid things to my hair, like bleach it. I use a curling iron almost every day, blow dryer. So I damage my hair every day. And that's why... See, you can put products on it. You can spray things onto your hair, heat protector or whatever. But when you're washing your hair is when you get to get in there too and strengthen it. So I've been using Suave Coconut Oil Infusion Shampoo and Conditioner. That's right. It is Suave. It smooths my hair and makes it look really healthy. It actually works. They have a Suave money-back guarantee, so you can try it for yourself. Suave for hair you can believe. I'm telling you. And you can take pictures of yourself and send it to me. I use the Damage Repair Suave Coconut Oil Infusion. They got me hooked. I'm into it. My crispy little bleached parts look actually silky now. So try it out. Get down to your drugstore and get some. And um, take a picture of yourself and you can ha- uh, hashtag, you can hashtag me. Tweet me at I Seem Fun Podcast. But if you want to be like me, Suave Coconut Oil Infusion. Shampoo and conditioner. Folks, what was I talking about? I'm so grangy. I want to bitch about this thing that happened today, but it sounds too bougie, so I won't. Um, I wrote myself a note where I'm like, I forgot to mention that I flew over the fireworks last week. I'm like, I don't know. When I wrote this, I'm like, oh, that'll be a great thing to talk about on the podcast. Now I'm like, who cares? But it actually was really cool. I'll, maybe I'll post a video of it. Um, Facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast on this week's podcast description, because it actually was kind of awesome. Um, I flew, I had to go to Boston or Massachusetts, but obviously take off from Boston airport to visit my mom who had surgery and uh, was flying back. 
on July 4th. And I kind of knew like, oh, that'll be cool on my night flight. Like I think I'll see fireworks, but I couldn't remember what time people do fireworks. And I knew we'd probably be too high up, you know, like flying over the Midwest for me to see anything. And then I forgot like, oh yeah, fireworks start at 10 at night because the sun doesn't set until like nine in the summer and all that. And, blah, blah, blah. and the last half hour of my flight was just fireworks city. It looked like if you didn't know what it was, you would be crying going, we're, we can't land. There's a war. Like it looked like people were shooting at the plane. It was so awesome. And the guy in front of me was, and I was videotaping it, videotaping. I had a camera crew and a big camera and a big VHS that I put in and shut the door. But, um, but the guy in front of me was watching it and, and I was sitting alone in my little compartment in the JetBlue mint sweet seat. And the guy in front of me was sitting next to someone and he was like, this is exciting. And I like rolled my eyes to nobody. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I have to, it is exciting. I mean, I'm thinking the same thing, but he said it out loud. So I'm like, what a loser. What is he a loser? He just was saying it's exciting. Let them, let someone be excited about something for once, you know? Um, and it certainly is more exciting than seeing them on the ground. So, you know, if he was sitting there just watching something go in the sky, I'd be like, yeah, it's, I guess it's exciting. It's more terrifying to me because it sounds like gunshots, but there's something beautiful about seeing it from above. So I guess that was my story. I don't really have a story to go along with it. Just that it looks as, it looks as cool. Oh, it looks as cool as you think it does. Of course I posted it on Twitter and somebody wrote, yeah, well I didn't enjoy the fireworks because it's been really bad for dogs and it's like animal abuse. I'm like, okay, well I wasn't abusing animals. I was on a fucking plane and I was completely, I couldn't control anything going on. I'm not like God in the sky. I'm sorry. I didn't order all the fireworks in Los Angeles County to stop, but I just saw them happening from the plane. And that's sort of a different view than we would normally get. I mean, it's not every day or 15,000 feet above things exploding and it looks really cool. Like just visually, it just looks cool. Just a fun thing to see. So I took pictures and I took a video. I'm sorry your dog was traumatized. I don't like fireworks. I'm not in favor of them. I'm not writing a blog that's like, dear sirs, what we need is more fireworks up in here. Please make that happen. Love, Jen Kirkman. P.S. Let me go on for 10 more pages about the importance of fireworks. I have a small um, foundation called More Fireworks, Please. And I have a tons of money and I'm putting it all into More Fireworks, Please. I want them exploding every single day uh, with no stopping and no exception. And I will not use the money to feed the children or help the homeless or help the elderly or put schools in the banks like we should have them. No, I just want fireworks exploding everywhere. I want dogs shitting themselves and running around traumatized. I mean, for the love of God, does Twitter have to be so fucking exhausting? And the answer is, it does. It does. It's just what it is now, Jen. It's just what it is. It used to be so different before all you people got on and ruined it. <laughs> ah, so, all right. So I'm on the subway. And... My phone is dead. So I don't even have a choice. I don't even have an emergency backup plan for if someone is bothering me. Uh, I suppose I could have pulled my phone out in the situation I'm about to tell you and plugged in my headphones and just pretended something was going on. But it was just, I decided to lay back and let it happen. So I'm sitting on the subway platform and this girl is talking to her friend and her husband. So they have their own little clutch and I'm sitting by myself. And I know it's like every story is like, I'm by myself. My mother said out of the blue to me, she does this. It's so obnoxious when she does this. If you're listening, mom, this is obnoxious. I just picture you all alone in life, just wandering, doing things alone. It's so sad. I'm like, 
there's literally so many people in my life that I don't post on Instagram when I'm hanging out with other people because then I get 50 texts from people going, why don't you invite me to doubt? What's going on with that? Like I hung out with two friends when I was in London. I came home and hung out with certain people, but skipped seeing other people. So I don't tell it. I literally have so many friends. It's overwhelms and stresses me out. And so my Instagram is like my solo moments. Like I could be like this weekend. I saw four different friends. I didn't have time for that shit. But on my way to walking to them, I took some pictures of the city. But it it does look like I'm just wandering around by myself all the time. Hardly. And then I work in like a boisterous environment where there's writers and people and we're talking creative. And then I go, like, I'm always with people. And please, please. Okay. Um, But this one night, it was like 10 at night, and I was coming back from something. I think I just met a friend for a quick dinner after work. And it was like getting back on the subway at 10. This girl who's busy with other people looks at me and goes, where'd you get your ring? I love it. Now it is a beautiful ring and it looks super expensive and it's not. I'm like, oh, it was 20 bucks at something. I forget, but it's really beautiful and I love it. She's like, oh my God. She's like, it looks so fancy. I'm like, well, I sprayed this stuff on it. I was really excited about this stuff I just bought that you can spray on costume jewelry so it doesn't tarnish. And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. How did I not? How have I gone these 44, oh my God, years and not known that? So I'm like spraying it on everything. I'm spraying it on, I sprayed it all over my face. That's why I look so young. Anyway, so I get the thing and she's like, now if you tell me, she goes, do you work in fashion? I go, no. And I did have a cute outfit on. She's like, oh, I thought you must. You just look so put together. Now that makes me happy. So that place I love in Melbourne called Punch Lane, and I miss it. I can't even talk about it. I don't even know if anyone is still there. Martin, are you there? Are all the employees still there? It's my favorite place on earth. I uh, haven't been. It'll be three years now. I can't. I'm going to cry. I need to go back to Australia. So, um, and then once you get like out of the loop of taking that flight every year, it's like now I'm just like, ooh, I'm take that flight though. Ooh, ooh. Um, anyway. So I, the first time I ever went in there was for the Melbourne Comedy Festival in 2014. And I go in, or 2013, I go in and uh, I sit I down and I'm the only one in there. And I get a glass of wine. I think I got a cheese plate. And they were like, are you here for fashion week? And I loved that I looked like a fashion person, not a comedian. And I said, no, I'm actually here for the festival. And they're like, oh, and... Everyone in Australia is cool, so you can actually tell them you're a comedian and you don't always hear stupid comments, at least maybe not in Melbourne. And especially the town where the festival is, where people just say, yeah, whatever. And I was like, but since you thought I was in fashion, like you're now my best friends. And that like that place became like my favorite place, and I am friends with everyone there. And then the next year I went back and they made a little sign that was like Jen Kirkman C. It was so cute. Okay, so you can endear yourself to my narcissistic ass if you're like, are you in fashion? So she said that. I was like, no, haha. And then we walk on the subway and I'm like, you know what? It seems like I'm in it to win it with this person. Like this lady's going to talk to me for the next six stops. And like, I don't give a shit. Like I literally don't. I just was like, she caught me at this 10 minutes of like calm mood. That was like perfect. She's like, oh, I live in Los Angeles. Normally I'm a dancer. I'm like, oh, I'm from LA. I'm like, I, I mean, not from, but I'm like, I live there too. I'm so jealous. I wanted to be a dancer um, all my life. It just didn't pan, pan out that way. I just wasn't good enough to make it, but like I, <laughs> but I love dance. And she's like, oh, I do like commercial hip hop dancing. Like, but she's like, 
And then this, so she was standing and I was sitting. So this woman gets up and she's like, can I take a seat next to you? And here's where like the music changes. She's like, but you know, something happened where I read the Bible and I was like, oh, this is what this is about. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm just sorting it out in my head while I'm nodding. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now I ain't got nothing wrong with Bible people. You know that. But again, it's like this bit, if you've seen me do it, Catholics versus Christians, like we don't do this shit. Catholics. We, we're like, if, if someone doesn't have religion in their life, we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You never had to go to church. No. So you know, like no guilt or anything like that. No. Oh, you never had to go to confession and like tell a priest everything you did wrong, even though they were probably involved in the abuse, biggest abuse scandal of all time. No, we didn't have to do that. Holy shit. So you don't even like worry that there's some afterlife and you're going to be punished. No, we never learned that. Oh my God, you're so lucky. Run, get away from me. It might rub off on you. I'm, I was raised Catholic. And even though I'm not like religious, it's in there somewhere. Run, run, save yourself. You know, like we don't sit there going like, have I told you about my savior, Lord Jesus Christ? First of all, one of the most important things it says in the new Testament is preach Jesus's gospel any way you can. And if all else fails, use words, get it. It means be, be of service, help others. That's how you preach Jesus's gospel. You be Jesus. You don't go sit around and talk about Jesus. You fucking be him. Go help someone. Get some bugging on some lady on the subway. She was another one. She was like, how old are you? You're telling me about all these different years. And I don't understand how you were doing this in 1996. I was like, I'm 44. Like again, with the young people, they're confused how I was breathing in 1996. Um, she was like, Oh my God. She's like, good for you. You look so much younger. I was like, that's not really a compliment, but thank you. Um, so she, I read the Bible and she's like, so, you know, my husband is actually, we're here to start. We, we have this church. It's like creative and, you know, explaining the Bible through dance and Jesus. And listen, I'm all for it. But this, Jesus doesn't want you to do this. He told me. I've known Jesus a long time. He doesn't give shit with all this shit. You want to dance for Jesus? You do. It's not, it's your business. It's not mine because see you recruiting me into your church just helps your church. It doesn't help anyone else. So this isn't an altruistic experience that you're having. And so she doesn't ask me anything about myself. I could be Hindu, Muslim, Jewish. She didn't care. She's going to tell me about the church and that's rude. I feel like that is like a form of psychotic intolerance. Like I'm not even telling you I believe in this, but she thinks she can lure me in whether I'm atheist or, or Muslim, she thinks, you know, so I just let her keep talking. Cause I'm just enjoying this. And it's always the same story. And I'm, I'm not doubting the power of having a spiritual awakening. I've had many, I have my own spiritual beliefs and I practice them every day. And I don't mean like lighting a fucking candle. Like I have a, a higher consciousness that I'm in touch with, but I don't make it anyone's fucking business. I can barely talk about it here because it's so personal to me. And that's what it's supposed to be. And if I want to take my concept of a God concept out into the world. I do it by helping others and I don't fucking tell them who sent me. You know what I mean? That's how you be God. You don't fucking act like a human about it. So anyway, I get off the subway and she's like, well, if you want to come to my church, my name, no, I don't. She goes, well, if you want to get coffee, I go, no, that's where all this ended. She's like, Oh, it's such a shame. I go, it's actually not. You didn't ask me anything about myself and I have my own spiritual ideas. So thank you. Like, don't worry. She was worried she didn't save my soul. So I kept walking and then her and her friends were like following me. They're like, Oh, we realized we're going the wrong way. And they just kept following me. I was like, you're not going to get me to go to your church. I was like, 
but it was just interesting hearing your story. I, I'm interested in any, if people want to sit me down on the subway and tell me a story of how they read the Bible in 2012 and it made them stop dressing slutty and dance differently and decide they want to dance for God and start a church. Why the fuck wouldn't I listen to that story? I'm a writer and I'm, I'm an observer of human nature, but it doesn't mean I want to join your church. It means I want to listen to your fucking story. So sorry, you didn't ask me a goddamn question about myself. You would have known in five seconds into the conversation. I ain't interested. But she really thought she was selling me with her uh, flattery. Are you in fashion? You must be creative some way. That's how she was seen if I was right for her church. Um, so people, don't do that. Don't bother. Don't bother people. Good Christians out there, would stop with the bothering. You're not going to, it doesn't help anything. It really just doesn't help anything. Plenty of people do good works and they don't have to be motivated by God telling them to do it. And if they are, then the real God believers, they shut the fuck up about it. Okay. Uh, well, how could I, how could I leave you on anything but that inspirational message? But, um, I feel like I need to just close with maybe someone else's words. Uh, I, here's some inspiration from, uh, he didn't say his name or I didn't include his name. Oh no, he did. It's Jason. On one of my episodes with my friend, Allison, um, from a couple months ago, we had a young man who wanted to move to LA and wanted to ask us about it. So he said, Hey Jen, it's Jason. I was the young, excited gay who was on the first advice episode with Allison planning on moving to Los Angeles. Well, good news. I finally arrived and moved to my new place. I was so excited. Um, anyways, I'm happily living in boop, and I knew immediately that this is where I wanted to be. That's not to say that it wasn't insanely hard the first weekend. I suffer from extreme anxiety. So the second my parents left, I felt this overwhelming sense of dread and I thought, Oh God, what have I done? Which is really normal by the way, Jason, like even grownups, twice your age feel that way when they move to a new place. Um, I really don't have any friends here and the few people I do know are consistently busy and don't have much time to hang out. Long story short, I spent the first weekend and most of the week in my apartment pacing around and thinking I had made a huge mistake. I missed my mom instantly and thought that maybe I wasn't brave enough to be out here after all. Oh, I knew deep down that these thoughts were irrational, but my anxiety kept trying to convince me that I just wasn't cut out for this life. But then I started going out and experiencing some things. I went to Griffith Park and look, Griffith Park and looked over the city at night. Oh, I went to Burbank and saw some movies. I went shopping over here and there. I planned on going over to West Hollywood, just be gay for a little bit. Yeah, girl. How my first night here, I even went on a date with someone I matched with on Tinder. The date was okay. We ended up splitting the bill, which is fine. But I clearly emphasized that I didn't have enough money to go out to dinner. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. Which I took as, oh, he clearly will cover it then. Not the case. Oh, what a cheap fucking asshole. This insanely detailed recap of my first week here is all to say that I'm so excited to be here, even though it was this crazy, spontaneous step I took in life. I'm excited to start working on my career as an actor and writer and see where it all takes me. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, and I think that that is some firsthand boots on the ground experience that our listeners need to hear because I always get letters from people who are, who want to be in your situation, who want to take their chance at something and should they, shouldn't they. And I'm going to mark this in the column of go for your dreams. You should always try it. You will always feel nervous, but like Jason, you can end up going to dinner and paying half. And isn't that really just <laughs> what life is all about? 
is just learning to take these small steps and uh, find the joy where you can find it. And you're going to be nervous. And even when you're 55 years old, you're going to pace your apartment going, did I do the right thing with my life? So it's good. You're practicing now for the future, (laughs) get a good pace. Um, anyway, until next week, everyone have fun.